The following show contains spoilers for episode 3 of Survivor 42. Hello again. Hello again. Hello again. Welcome back to RNG Show. Uh, it's a podcast. We like to talk about Survivor. And the cool twist is that we have like a fantasy season we do uh, where we like keep track of points for each player whenever they do something cool and they like find an idol or they win a challenge or uh, like they win the game. All, all those things are there. We have this new mechanic this season where we have chance die we can earn when uh, something wild happens, like uh, somebody finds an advantage in, in the grass or they go home at the end of the episode in the first half of the season. Wait, I thought this was sports betting. No, that's a few podcasts down the hall. Wait, do I have been hitting tune five dollars a week for, for the past for the past what eight seasons? Oh my god, the drama! Right, so episode three of uh, season forty-two just came out recently. We all gave it a watch. And now we're going to give it a talk. Uh, this week with us, uh, it's me, Toon, uh, owner of the Vertebral Column team. That's what we're called. Uh, each one of us uh, forming together to create one uh, solid whole. Uh, I'm joined by uh, also Fred. Also the owner of Soaring in My <laughs> Money, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, I'm here. Uh, after a break last week and we got uh, soaring hello this is this is soaring i'm i'm speaking to the microphone i'm here against my will please send help and soaring uh remind me what's your team name uh my team name is the galaxy brains Ooh, fancy mm-hmm. uh, i literally well, made it up in the past three seconds hopefully we can uh open up your galaxy brain to discuss all of the uh, wild social dynamics that were on display here in this episode. Am I right? This is too meta. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, a, uh, this is a weird meta intro. Let's see, Fred, you you were gonna say something before I cut you off? Yeah. To start, uh, Marianne finds a thing. The idol. The idol. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she finds the beware advantage. And gets another phrase, and honestly, of literally everyone in the entire game, I think Marianne is the one person that could get literally any of the phrases, could get all of the phrases, even, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Make it work. nobody would bat an eye. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's also funny because, you know, right before this, uh, all of Taku was talking about how, like, dangerous Marianne is with the extra vote that she has. Mm-hmm. And then she immediately goes and finds the idol. Oh, right. They she also like got super caught. Right. <laughs> and it was this yeah. really awkward moment where uh who was it? It was Lindsay and I mean, it was either Jonathan or Omar. There's only so many of them left over here now. Yeah. Something like that. Uh and they were like, Hey, what's up? And she's like, Oh, I was just looking for uh flowers or something. <laughs> And I'm like, oh god, she's gone. She's <laughs> gone forever. And this is it's over. I thought it was doomed. Um, 
I feel like if if you ever do get obviously caught looking for an idol, you just have to say, "You got me. I'm looking for an idol." Yeah, that's how I felt. Right when when they walked up and caught her, I was like, "Oh, you have to just be like, yeah, I'm looking for the thing," mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and just kind of like take the We're L all gamers on it here <laughs> because otherwise, I feel like it just makes you even more suspicious. Like, yeah, it's bad to have a target on your back uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of it, because of the risk of you finding it, but... You just kind of piss people off. It makes off. you look even worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes you look even worse if you tell them, no, I was not. And then our phrase here was, uh, like, this reminds me of the story of the, the bunny eating dinner in the mailbox. Yeah. And... This one is kind of kind of rude from uh from Survivor. I think it's fun, but like compared to Mike's, right? Which is like, oh, soccer is, you know, so elegant or whatever. Um mm-hmm. you can explain that away pretty easily. Like if if, you know, Jeff asks you, like, oh, like how you know, how are you involved with soccer? You can just say, like, you know, watch it on TV or you played it before, but what happened it's coming out a little what happened here at the challenge is Varian brought her phrase up and the dip's like, Oh, what is that story? Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, but it it's just not something that the uh the other ones will have to go through. Yeah, it's it's a bit much and it, this one feels more in line with the phrases from last season compared to Mike's. Uh but even given that Marion kind of kills it. She just goes on a thing yeah. about, like, this story that I, I assume she made up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I Just, like, on the spot. Uh, I mean, it didn't make any sense, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of uh, Marianne here, though, is, like, she can just get away with anything. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. she, her mind is always moving at a million miles a minute. And so fumbling over a weird story, not out of character. <laughs> For sure. If anything, I think her getting the one about soccer would have been more suspicious mm-hmm. had she brought that up than this buddy in a mailbox. Yeah. Yeah, and I I could definitely like picture somebody similar to Mike like being emotional about like soccer. I don't know, maybe he played it with his dad and his dad or his dad yeah. brought him to like games when he was young, so it's got a special place to him. But that doesn't really fit like with Marianne's general personality, so it's interesting how that worked out. For sure, for sure. The other thing that's, uh, another detail about this specific advantage as a whole, just as a concept, is that we get to see the, the whole paper, uh, probably not for the first time, but for the first time this season, and there's some details on there that I didn't realize were a part of it and don't seem to be actual rules but like uh one of the rules is that the way it's phrased is that when you get this advantage you have you must say your phrase at the next challenge right which mike very specifically did not do after finding his um advantage originally and it's worded in a way where it's not like to you know unlock the power of the idol you must say this it's just like you know you have gotten this at the next challenge, you must say your phrase. So, I mean, obviously, it, it did not mean you were forced to, but 
it's interesting and I'm curious if that has some sort of way on whether like Marianne said it as soon as she got it or not though I feel like with Marianne she was just gonna say it no matter what the the beauty right we saw his last season is going to have Marianne bringing up the story of the rabbit in the mailbox again until this uh goes through yeah until the end of time and I'm curious if Marianne is someone who is going to bring it up again or if she's just going to wait for uh, somebody else to start the chain. I think once you say it once, you have to just wait because otherwise it's way too suspicious. And part of me thinks that that's why they were lenient on this specific part of the advantage is that they probably intended them on being forced to say it. uh, But after last season where um, Xander had to say it every single challenge, it's, you know, after the second time, it's very clear that something else is going on here mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, as we talked about last season, it ruins the whole thing, the whole concept because it just makes it way too obvious. Yep. Um, so it's possible that that's why they're like, eh, you don't actually have to because, you know, there's strategic decisions to be made there uh, with withholding that info. Speaking of Mike and that Back idol. The body, the green tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the sequence uh, last episode with, uh, like, Mike and Daniel, like, not being able to find his idol. Yeah, in the uh, dirt. And this time, you know, Mike has the idol, but Daniel's like, I gotta read it. I I have to read the the fine print because I'm a lawyer. That's my background. I need to read the thing. And it's funny because at this point in the episode two, uh, you know, we took a moment to read through Marianne's paper, and it said at the bottom, uh, if the idols are not activated with the phrases before the merge, once they get to the merge, uh, they will have power. And I was commenting on how that contradicts Daniel's whole idea from the previous episode where he's talking about, okay, we can either have Mike not say the phrase or we can just vote him out. So if we just keep him in the game but have him not say the phrase, then we don't have to worry about the idol being in the game. And now we know that the idol will be in the game. And that ends up being the whole little subplot here is Daniel learning that his plan didn't work. Uh... So that was kind of a fun watching experience, but do they ever like point this out though? Yes, Daniel does in the episode. Um, but yeah. Also, what was the whole thing with him like losing it again? So what happened is Mike handed uh, the bundle to Daniel, right? And the bundle yeah. included the rules, the congratulations, and the idol itself. Mm-hmm. Then. What happens in that handoff is that Daniel, like, drops the idol because, you know, they're just, like, strings and beads now. Drops the idol and walks away with the paper. Goes to read it. Brings it back to Mike. Meanwhile, the bead string thing is still on the ground where they left it. Goes to Mike. Gives him back one of the pieces of paper. And that's it. (laughs) Okay. And then Daniel realizes that there is still one piece of paper in his underwear 
and then they still don't have the actual idol and then they go back to where Mike was sitting and then they find the idol there. So it was just really okay. messy. <laughs> yeah, and with this duo this being like the second time this kind of these kind of shenanigans have happened, it it feels very indicative of where like this duo is going just like as characters, right? These are the yeah. Scooby-Doo <laughs> team kind of fumbling their way through it. Uh, and it's very funny, but it's also just something that like stood out to me because it feels like there hasn't been anything this just silly and messy happening in any of the recent seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, we haven't, yeah, we haven't seen this really happen where somebody's like, I lost my idol. Like, it's gone, yeah. right? It, like, it's never really been a storyline. And, you know, maybe it's happened or something, but it was never focused on it. But, like, I don't know. It, it's people just, are so careful. Yeah, it's a really unique scenario. And I don't know if it's just because they're not being careful in this case or what. But I, I think it's funny and definitely really is establishing these two as people to maybe not take completely seriously or maybe we're just being like disarmed and you know they'll turn into machines later on i don't know yeah they're trying to set them up as like lovable dorks that Mm -hmm. you know fumble their way through and you end up rooting for them because they're just doing their best and it's kind of a disaster I also feel it is uh, worth mentioning that Daniel, or at least Daniel's tribe, uh, you know, takes some time to bring his shoulder back up, which uh, oh, right. was partly was like in question thing. whether it would ever be referenced again. And, you know, here it is, though. I wonder, you know, how much of this is just like a, you know, character moment where you can recall that detail versus like any sort of foreshadowing like i really don't get the vibe that like oh this is all leading to daniel being pulled out of the game because of his shoulder yeah it it feels too lighthearted i guess it feels like more uh of a just a passing joking comment about daniel as a whole because they were talking about like oh he's losing you know the paper losing the idol losing his shoulder blah uh-huh. blah blah it's more of just like, haha, look at, uh, what is it, silly dummy Daniel is, as opposed <laughs> to being like, oh man, I'm really, I'm really worrying about Daniel and, and that shoulder, you know? It's just like, I don't know if he's going to be up for the challenge. It's like, what if it pops out again? Because like, you know, that's what I would expect if it was something to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like what we spend most of the time in the early part of the episode here on uh, the sort of structure of the episode is certainly different than a standard episode. Thanks to uh, some interesting segments we have later on. Uh, but we have the challenge here and this well, definitely has First of all, a... we just completely ignore blue tribe. Yeah. No Ika, no Ika. We don't need to hear from Ika. Surely that no means Ika. that they lose the immunity challenge and we spend the rest of the episode with Ika. Right. Surely. Uh, right <laughs> but yeah this challenge is pretty unique because it's going fine for well first of all right it's like going great for taku 
<laughs> Jonathan is literally carrying his tribe. Yeah, Jonathan like just does Jonathan everything. Jonathan does the underwater swimming. He holds the ladder. He like <laughs> brings everybody single handedly. Uh, he rescues people from drowning. Yeah, does yeah. The, the layups with the sandbags and done right. Uh, Taku done with the challenge. The other tribes are like still you know trying to like unlock their ladders or whatever. Yeah. So they get to chill. They're like you know happy with their victory. And the other groups are really not having a good time out here on the water. Uh, the, the waves were bad to start with, but as yeah. time went on, the waves got higher and higher and higher. And when yeah. it gets to the point when these groups are like actually trying to hold the ladder up against the waves with absolutely no leverage, uh, it gets to the point where it's pretty clear that like no progress is being made and these people are just going to like exhaust themselves to death. I'm pretty sure that the challenge literally became impossible. Like by the time they called it, because the waves were over everybody's head, meaning there was no way to like gravitationally Mm -hmm. support the ladder unless they were all like standing on each other's shoulders (laughs) under the water while resisting (laughs) the push of the waves. And at that point, you know, they're losing so much energy every second. They're having to, like, you know, keep themselves afloat in the water. So Jeff calls them in, which I guess is, in a way, a little expected, but definitely something new. Uh, We take some time to reset. We get a dude on screen. (laughs) Dude goes and gets the the key key retriever. (laughs) <laughs> we find out the keys were all held up by cranes the entire time. <laughs> uh, so that, that was wild. And we go back into the, into the challenge. And it's like super even. Yeah, it was a really close sandbag toss. But, you know, of course, because uh, Ika wasn't shown in the first half of the episode, we already know that they're going to uh, lose this. Cha- oh, wait. Oh, oh nope. Body loses the challenge, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Which just means no, no Ika. But okay, maybe here it is. Right, we're going to Summit Island. Uh, you know, we'll we'll start with. Let's see, who do we start with? They picked J- Jenny first. No, Chanel. No, they picked they Chanel. Chanel first. All right. Well, the other person's from Ika. That's that's our tie-in. Nope. Over goes. <laughs> so just zero Ika sure I guess they're just not important I did miss Tori this episode for sure yeah of course where Ika is like where half my team is I'd like to be able to check in on what they're up to but (laughs) you don't need to it's whatever but yeah Uh, we thought we thought Blue Tribe from last season was invisible this is actually just removed from the episode altogether. Yeah, they we didn't even the get... challenge. They fulfilled their duty. Get out. Yeah, we didn't get like a two, like a one minute scene where they're like, "Oh man, look at Romeo!" Like you know, like pouring sand down his shoes accidentally or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, skinny guys go skinny. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> okay, so Summit Island. Nothing really new here. I, well, towards the end, but. You know, they climb the mountain. They're like, hey, we climbed the mountain. Okay, bye. Uh, they do talk about, you know, if there is a safe option, then let's take the safe option. Yeah. And, and then it's followed by neither of them taking yeah. the safe option. And then option. they are confronted yeah. with the actual decision. 
And then immediately and they're like, threw, huh. threw everything out the window. <laughs> that but, friggin' fool. Yeah, I think, He's going to take the safe option. <laughs> yeah, and what I thought was interesting here, we, we talked this through a little bit about, like, if, for for Omar's perspective, right, um, if he chooses, like, the safe option, like, it doesn't really make too much of a difference because he knows he has a really solid alliance back home. And, you know... There's nothing he really gains from, like, being safe necessarily because he's probably still going to be, like, set up pretty well. Uh, versus if he takes the risk, um, you know, he could get either losing his vote, which, again, wouldn't make too much of a difference for him. He gets the advantage, which would be good. But the sort of betrayal that would happen uh, with Chanel after they both agreed on choosing the save option... Uh, you know, it would be really bad for his game if they both end up at the merge. But the way it's set up is that if Chanel chose the safe option and Omar chose the unsafe option, then she would never know. Yes. Hmm. But <laughs> because they both chose the unsafe option, which for Chanel was probably a really terrible move, I think. Yes. Um, now they just both betrayed each other and they can't get mad at the other person because they because both, they both did. lied. But yeah, the, Chanel's decision here is a gigantic blunder. Like, it's one thing to say, yeah, let's take the safe option with the intention of not doing that to like bait the other person into doing it, right? Mm-hmm. But from Chanel's perspective, she has everything to lose on this vote because you know you're going to tribal. When you right, know you're going yeah. to tribal, and we saw this like discussed at multiple summits, I'm pretty sure that mm-hmm. the person that is going to tribal has to be safe with their vote because their vote is too important. And the only way her vote is not important is if she's like, confident enough that her alliance is solid and that they would still have the votes because like sure i can't expect her to know that mike doesn't have a vote because he's not in they're not tied together Mm -hmm. um but even then giving up your vote right before tribal is such a huge blunder and really, she kind of did herself a disservice, too, when they agreed to choose the safe option, because yeah, it, no, it brings it's, it's Omar into fault. the, like, a sense of security that he can choose the risk without needing to worry, because Chanel apparently really needs her vote. If she framed it as, like, hey, like, I am a, in a bit of a pinch here, I'm going to be taking a risk if it comes up. Uh, so just so you know, if you also choose a risk, then we're probably just both going to be screwed here. Uh, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> Cause then it dissuades him from choosing the, you know, the risk option. Right. Like she just played it. The, like, there's so many outs for her to come out of this good or even, and she <laughs> played it the literal only way she could to make it go bad for her. Because, yeah, like he said, if she up front says, I need an advantage, then Omar goes to the risk and says, she said she's not going to do it. Or she said she's going to risk it, right? Which 
leaves him in a situation where, or leaves, puts Chanel in a situation where she can play safe and be pretty certain that Omar's not going to get an advantage off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess that is kind of a flaw in, like, this Prisoner's Dilemma setup, right? Because if somebody just, Which like, it doesn't. <laughs> which if somebody outright says that they're going to to take the risk no matter what, then, like, there's no there's no real advantage to them saying, I'm not going to take the risk, because if you also take the risk, you're screwing yourself over, unless, in addition to screwing them over. Unless you can read through that person's bluff, right? If uh, you assume that's a bluff and the person doesn't take a risk, and they just but choose safe, the and they're trying to make the here's other person the also choose safe, so there's no more advantages that are in the game. Yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. Is that, I, I mean, I guess if you really don't want somebody else to have an extra vote, but, like, before the merge, why do you care? Well, because they can hold on to it. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I'll just, and it's, it's just like more all mind games. in the game. Yeah, because the, the thing is, the best play is to say, or Chanel's best play is to say, I'm going to risk it because I'm going to tribal and I need whatever advantage I can get here. Um... And I think maybe at that point is the best move for the other person to say, well, I'm going to also risk it. Yes. Because then it's like you get there and you're like, well, shoot, like I could risk it and get screwed over or I can just play it safe. I think that's probably the optimal like response to being told that. And it's and we can uh, compare this to uh, like the negotiation that happens later in the episode where uh, there is like an immediate decision that has to happen compared to this one where they can negotiate and then they are separate for their decision making, mm-hmm. which is done like independently of each other. So right. yeah, it does so work no in this way to just say like, well, I'm going to choose risk. I'm also going to choose risk. And then you get to the wheel and you've really just learned nothing. <laughs> yes. It puts you back at zero. Um, but the way it's played out is the one way, like you said, that gets Omar to in a position where he's going to take a risk, and then for some reason, you as Chanel decide that you're not gonna quote unquote play a scared game and then <laughs> risk your vote right before tribal. It's just such a weird decision that, like, just I can't logic out outside of just like big moves her not thinking it through <laughs> i think <laughs> because that's, that's just how it feels i it's think just it's a part bad of decision. the lesson that survivor is trying to give which i think is interesting because there's been feedback for a bit and obviously 41 was kind of weird in how this ended up playing out but uh about just too many advantages advantages are too powerful like they're, they're showing up too frequently too often and it feels like in, in this season it's really settling in the idea of like each advantage really is a risk whether it's losing your vote until the merge or who knows when um in this case where you have to you know make a risk of losing a vote for an extra vote which honestly is you know kind of the like lower tiers of advantages right it's kind of like a a, just a soft like little tiny boost for the risk of not being able to vote at all um so it's making advantages just like more dangerous to like have or to you know try and get because it might end up being worse for you than having the advantage. 
So I think it's an interesting sort of way to balance it out and in two ways of doing it with the beware, but also with needing to kind of like gamble in this way. Yeah, I think it's not bad on paper, but I think it overcomplicates the game itself. And especially with the vote that we're going to talk about, (laughs) I think this really showcases why that idea, while not bad inherently, results in some really, really lame, like, gameplay. Even though the vote itself you know, which we can get into, um, was entertaining to watch and fairly interesting in how it, like, actually played out on the screen in terms of, like, Survivor as a game was very limiting and very, not necessarily uninteresting, but, like, it just took away so many options and it feels like um, getting voted out with all of these things going on just is too much and there's nothing you could have done about it i i think part of it might like the best way to handle this could probably be to have production balance the uh balance the advantage drops during the season so that way like okay these people have earned these advantages and they're in play we're gonna we're gonna not trigger these events for the rest of the season or at least until you know the advantages have pittered down a bit. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, again, we've talked about it before. Why are we summiting every single episode? And just putting so many... we did it last episode, which was nice. Yeah. um, Right, not not every episode, but happening so often that we're either putting in all these extra votes or removing two people's votes, right? And that's kind of it. Like, sure, there's a chance that they both pick safe, but, like, generally what we've seen is they come to some kind of agreement where it's like, okay, I need to risk something, I don't. Therefore, you know, if you want to risk it, I will play safe so that you establish a connection there. And then if you, you know, keep to your word, then going into, like, mergers or transfers or whatever, then you have that. Um, That's usually the pattern. Obviously, this specific one is... Not that, but the result is, again, like, two people's votes are just gone. And that just isn't, doesn't make for fun gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I don't necessarily think that two people's votes being gone it directly results in bad gameplay. I think this was kind of just the way the cards fell in on this occasion, because I think people losing their votes increases the dynam- dynamicity of the gameplay generally. It's just wh- where the numbers were this time, it didn't really work out. Because if you don't have your vote, then you know you have to expand your social game. Maybe you can't have your number one choice, but maybe you can find a compromise that you like better than what you know the rival alliance is originally going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see an argument there. Because it's it's the idea that when there's less options, each choice becomes more um, impactful, and losing options means you have to like. Well, I I, th- I think it's a it's gotta be like framed the other way, really. I think a restriction of your moves 
increases the amount of options you're willing to consider. I guess. I don't know if I totally agree with that, though, because there's just less options on the table, and in uh, at least this specific tribe, um, it didn't feel like things were so established already that there wasn't a chance of, like, you know, Daniel maybe swapping anyways or something yeah. like that. I I think probably the general, like, disagreement we're having is, you know, the age-old survivor argument of, like, pure, unadulterated strategy versus, you know, keeping the players on their toes and having to react to uh, unforeseen situations. Yeah. Because, like, I don't think that somebody losing their vote is inherently a bad like inclusion into the game or anything like that but when it can happen so often and because mm. it's it's not just this one vote and something i wanted to get right, into yeah. with um when we we're talking about marianne and taku and now now that we mentioned that omar also doesn't have a vote is that what just happened to vati um will happen to taku if taku goes to tribal next because if Taku goes to tribal next, there are four people and two of them can't vote. So what happens is I lose a person in every single situation other than two, I think. Um, because only Jonathan and Lindsay can vote, right? So uh, the most simple way it plays out is that Jonathan votes for Lindsay, Lindsay votes for Jonathan. And then... Because they voted for each other, they both get cancelled out, it's a tie, and then the two people left can't vote, they go to rocks instantly. Right? And then it's between Marion and Omar, who are both on my team. Um, so what you're saying is, you've Doctor Strange this shiz. Essentially. <laughs> Obviously there's not, <laughs> you know, 12 billion options, there's only like 9, but um, if, the, yeah, if it plays out like that, which is the most simple, expected way... Um, I lose a person because of rocks and because of the lack of votes. Um, the only ways that I don't lose a person is if um, Omar slash Marion slash whoever convinces either Jonathan or Lindsay to vote for the other. So like Omar convinces Lindsay to vote for Marianne and then Jonathan votes for Lindsay. That way it's a tie, but Lindsay can't vote. Jonathan votes for Lindsay. Lindsay's out. Or vice versa, right? Um, oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. this result is only because of the fact that half of the tribe doesn't have a vote. And again, thinking through this like mathematical vote split is you know kind of interesting because it's you know math, and I I like figuring out what the exact chances are and what you know, how many options are or whatever, but it's not, as a viewer and as, like, a Survivor fan, it's not interesting gameplay, because there's nothing to really... There's only, you know, two options for uh, Omar and Marianne, right? It's Marianne trying to convince one of the two that with a vote to vote for one of them. Maybe they say, hey, vote for me, or something weird like that, somehow. Um, and it, like, works out, um, 
and that's kind of the only play they have. So in this case, we already have two situations where uh, the options that people have are severely limited because of this lack of votes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's just so much to, like, think about and go over. Uh, It's mind-boggling in a way. Yeah, and, like, it's... It's fine, and it's fun to think about and theorize out, but is that is this what they want Survivor to be? Do they really want, like, this super specific layout of votes that has to be I made in Survivor order for things to happen? wants new things to happen. I think that's what they're looking for, is for things to happen that we haven't already seen before. Which gets back to kind of what I was saying. Though, I, I think really the solution to both of our problems is they need to actively meter the advantage and disadvantage activity within the game. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Because again, like, if, for instance, when Marianne found the uh, the wire advantage, they decided, okay, we don't do some at this challenge. Because, you know, that crosses the threshold of, like, there's too many votes out of the game. Um, if, you know, Taku decides to send somebody there, they could lose a vote, and it gets, you know, way too messy there, so let's not do Summit this episode. Then I think that would have been, that would be best, right? But it doesn't feel like they are playing around what's happening, they just have, like, a set thing that they want to do on a certain episode or whatever, and then they do it, regardless of what's going on. What if anybody could, like, make their own idol, and then they would have to do, like, a ritual to give it power? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> you must get up at the middle of night at camp right. and follow the lit torches. Yeah, like, anybody, like, there anybody you must could, chant you know, loudly. <laughs> make, you know, like, fake idols every number four. Like, anybody could, uh, you know, put together, they could craft an idol. It just needs to, like, meet the you know minimum standard definition of like it is like there is string and there are beads right just like something like that but then you have to do like a really elaborate uh you know process to make it an actual idol i think that'd be a fun uh fun twist what you're saying or like if somebody like ghost dies, idol, it's gonna be like ghost island idol, but they <laughs> give you the ingredients to like make an idol so you have to like that's what that's closer Island. to what I that's was gonna thinking. Full, full power, because like like they give you the fake if, idol kit, but it's a real idol kit. Right, right. That's closer <laughs> to what I was thinking. Because if anybody could just make it, then everybody would make it, and then do the ritual. Yeah, and then everyone should right. Idol. So like, would just be you know, you're saying basically. Council. <laughs> oh my god! Basically, you're, you're saying like it would be a very high ri- social risk idol, like. Instead of getting caught just searching for the idol, you've then got to sneak off and, and make, ma- make your idol over, like, several days. <laughs> you might not even, like, finish it before the tribal where you could be voted out. Right, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm thinking, right? Instead of, like, the beware advantage, they just get a bunch of string and <laughs> beads, and they say, all right, make it. For... And then once you make it, you have to, like... um, Like Soren said, maybe they have to go to Summit, right? If you bring your crafted idol to summon. I don't even think I don't so I don't even think that's that interesting. I think that 
Yeah, it's You've not. just got to get it done before the tribal council where you're being voted out. And like, but just go to the time you have. I feel like you could kind of just do that. But you got to be alone. Okay. Yeah, but uh, people like, just, uh, have made fake idols before. I feel like you just do it. <laughs> it was just hypothetical. Yeah, okay, but them what ideas. if what if there are like a bunch of idols, but they come in like different tiers? So you have like common idol, rare oh idol, oh legendary oh idol, oh right? And then hey, they I'll they trade adjust you your it. Three common so, idols for like, one legendary. Uh, <laughs> you know, a, a common idol can block like a vote, right? So it's like an you know a, a vote nullifier, and then you could do like you would block three votes. Right, but like, if the tribe all still votes for you unanimously, like you're still out of there, or you get the legendary immunity idol, uh, that would be like blocking all the votes. You know, this is honestly not as bad of a, an idea as I thought it was gonna be. You could, do, I don't know, I don't know. I also think the what they're doing with like combining uh, different advantages, like we have the amulet, right, that like is still being tossed around here. We've had a lot of like split idols in the past where like you need to combine two halves to turn into like yeah one. this is exactly where i was about to go as well i was thinking the, the the make an idol idea but you don't get all the pieces in one package yeah you've got to find multiple packages somebody else could find part of the package know, it's like the zelda game you find the string and then you find the yeah okay sweet so how uh, there's kind of a lot we went over how much should we go into this tribal council? It's a very uh, long tribal council. There's like a lot to go over. We've gone over like a little bit. Um, yeah. I think ultimately, so, like from a game plan, analysis maybe we just like skip to the pretty end. straightforward. <laughs> well, okay. So let's let's yeah. give some context, and then we can skip to like the what actually happens. Yeah. So for context, uh, Mike doesn't have his vote because of the beware advantage. Chanel just you know in a baffling decision gave up her vote uh she comes back i am unclear if she told daniel that she risked her vote and might not have one i don't know if she did that or not but they go ahead and start trying to get um high and lydia to split their votes in order to uh get a tie um and then vote one of them out because uh jenny and daniel could still vote mm -hmm. so then if you split up high and lydia then it's a 2-1-1 vote and then they get out who they want um but of course when they present this idea to high and lydia they're like that seems weird chanel's being weird chanel's kind of throwing you know and then they go to tribal, votes are 2-2, two, two, uh, and then uh, tied on Lydia and Jenny, and then they revote only Daniel and high vote, and it's 1-1 one, one still. And here we are in this kind of segment where now we are going into a situation where uh, we're having a discussion to ultimately decide, uh, is Vati going to go to rocks or are we going to vote someone out? Yeah. So and similar so... to, uh, you know, Chanel and Omar earlier, where I was saying, like, you know, the, your best move is to start out by saying, I'm going to choose the risk option no matter what. Um, 
what we kind of have put together is that high should be like, okay, I'm going to rocks no matter what, because then it gives, um, you know, a high the advantage in the negotiation because then they need to like convince high to not do that. But what's interesting is that instead of high needing to like assert himself in that way, instead Daniel is like, I am not going to go. Well, to I rocks. don't want to go to rocks. <laughs> yeah, Daniel completely gives up his entire position in this negotiation. Frame one, he does not have an argument anymore. Um, I jokingly said like, as soon as uh, Jeff said, "Oh yeah, let's negotiate," and you guys need to figure out what you're doing. I jokingly said, "Okay, I just go to rocks." You know, I I handshake, and you know the person with the other vote, and just say we go to rocks, and you know see what they do when. Like you said, after we kind of thought about it, that is High's best play by far. Uh, a big part of that is the fact that out of the four people who would draw rocks, three of them are not in alliance and voted against him, and he's the only one that uh, in his alliance. So the numbers are just on his side there. Um, High's best play mathematically is to just go to rocks, or to at least establish that he's never going to change his vote and then he's willing to go to rocks because yeah, that and, puts Daniel on the back foot for a high too. It's like, you know, the, the two and it's, it's funny how this turns out, but like for high, you know, it, if it ends up being like, if Lydia goes home, then high is probably next. And if he goes to rocks, then he gets to go to the next day, right? Keeping Lydia. And he's like still ideally in the game or he just goes home and it's like, well, whatever. Yeah, it it would still be his best play there. Um, the Versus Daniel, the who now has kind of like put himself in an awkward spot because if he, uh, I mean, at least what I was thinking is that if he decided to like keep Lydia, then like no one's going to trust him because he betrayed like everybody. Yeah. Um, or he goes to rocks and he likely, you know, has someone on his new side going home and it just ends up like not being worth going through any of what he went through. Um, but uh, he manages to get and we'll have to see next episode. Right. But he, it seems like he manages to actually get out of this pretty well by throwing uh, everybody he was originally going to be with just totally under the bus. Well, and, specifically Chanel. He doesn't right. really throw Mike or Jenny. He throws Chanel hard under the bus. Yeah, I mean, part it's part of part of Mike because he is, uh, you know, actively working against Mike in this moment. But yeah, really, just taking Chanel and like twisting her words and uh, just going forward with it. And I feel like it it worked pretty well. I mean, there, there's a better way to go about this, right? Instead of saying, "Well, you know, I thought Chanel was gonna." Or whatever. Like, the very obvious play is... I was just say... The more neutral statement of... I was just listening around camp... And I thought that this was where the numbers were... And yeah, I wanted but, to... I mean... Stay with the strong side. I feel like that... In this situation, that doesn't work... Because Daniel was very specifically... Part of... Either plan... Or a very specific goal... And I feel like at that point, it's not like they can just kind of float, be like, oh, you know, I was just here and this and here and this. It was very, like, specific, dedicated plans that Daniel was playing a, a part in. Yeah, Daniel was right, too right. involved. But, but if, if we assume that Chanel has a vote, 
which nobody at the time, you know, at least on the other side, had a reason to believe, mm-hmm. then the numbers are on that side through and through. So he can say, yeah, I, I talked to both people, but it sounded like the numbers were on this side and I wanted to be on the side with the numbers. But the thing is, yeah, no, you're right. Well, no, because if, if he... Hold on, this gets complicated. Because if he... <laughs> No, because he knows that Mike doesn't have a vote. I and Lydia don't. Yep. Then yep. he should, he would know that the numbers would be with either side. Right, he knows so that, but the uh, but the others don't know that he knows that. Yeah, I but couldn't they Daniel say like, is like holding on to so much information that he is trying to keep. <laughs> hidden from the other people who he has you know kind of sworn allegiance to both sides and he knows exclusive info about mike and about chanel but is trying to not let on that he knew that info yeah yeah okay well, that makes i mean sense. i think that's what i'm saying like given the assumption that the that that lydia and that side don't know about the advantages all all he really had to say was there's more people over here than over there. I want it to be with the numbers. Yeah, the only other thing is that when he and Chanel push so hard for the split, it only really makes sense that um they would be right, splitting yeah. for a reason. So when the votes come I, I, up, I see what you're saying. When the votes that, come up point. and they're like yeah. really weird, um, and I mean especially with Hyde's reaction being like confused uh they where the boats where are the boats they'd probably pick up on the fact that uh that re that is why they're trying so hard to split it yeah that's a really that that is a very good point and i didn't think of that and daniel is is put in an interesting position where he really has to like quickly pick a side to like dedicate himself to uh, and it's possible he, you know, might be, be able to, like, reconnect with Mike. But it feels like, you know, that bridge with Chanel is probably gone at this point. Yeah, but the bridge with Chanel is I think it's really destroyed. interesting that uh, Daniel is making the choice here to uh, move forward with Lydia and Hi. Especially because, you know, we know this information. Like, Mike isn't, like, the biggest fan of Daniel anyways. <laughs> like they're they're working together but you know mike has made it kind of clear that uh like daniel's neuroticism is just not what he's looking for in like a tight alliance partner so i think going with high and lydia uh even though he's definitely like the third in that equation um is probably better especially if they can just move forward from here and get out like mike and chanel if they have to and then by the time they get to the merge like everything kind of shuffles up anyways yeah, so then the concern, the next concern for Daniel is whether or not, or the big next question mark is whether or not Hi and Lydia actually, like, believed what they said in that they weren't going to hold it against him. Yeah. Um, and because my thought is there's no way, right? If you are a survivor player, you don't let this kind of thing just go like that, but you say that every single time to get his vote there um but they might believe it and i feel like especially high after such a <laughs> exhausting tribal that must have been for him uh <laughs> probably would be fine with working with daniel 
in some kind of genuine fashion, but maybe, like you said, he is the third, maybe not in the long term. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely interesting. I can't say that Daniel like came out of this, you know, making the right decisions along the way because he definitely did not. He definitely played it horrible until he threw Chanel yeah. under the in, bus. In the end, though, like you know, he got through the vote, and ultimately, if if they were going to go to rocks, right, then it was probably likely that it was going to be, you know, one of the three on his side, like, going home. So he might as well take the, um, take control of who from, like, you know, his side, technically, is going home. And really, like, Jenny is probably the best choice there, uh, if anything, because it makes Mike now more dependent on him. Yeah, for sure. So. I also just got to say, I feel really bad for high yeah <laughs> beyond Lots just of, being uh... confused by the votes <laughs> the sheer amount of emotional and direct manipulation yeah, that it's went very on. like plain textbook like <laughs> emotional manipulation like gaslighting it's just very much like yeah oh this is what we're doing <laughs> yeah and it felt i felt really bad and i mean kudos to him for like not giving in and mm-hmm. saying like I, you know, I'm listening, but I am not switching my vote. You know, big ups to to High yeah. uh, for coming out of this, making the right thing, or making the right choices and doing the right things. Um, but, my god, watching the four people in the other alliance just, like, <laughs> puppy dog eye him and try to get him to change his vote was insane to watch. So, it's certainly a memorable tribal council. Um I feel like one we might be able to refer back to at later points, thinking about, you know, what it's like when we have uh, these tribals where so many people, like, don't have the ability to vote and, and whatnot. Yeah. But good. And it's, it's just like, like, it's new. It's like a unique show or, you know, showing to us, which is, you know, kind of like what I can hope for. Yeah, it's definitely unique. But again, like I mentioned before, the result, even though, you know, after talking it out and like, everything it's how it should have played out given circumstances it still feels so undeserved that you know jenny goes home here right obviously Uh, yeah like i'm biased but it still feels that way right because it's not like she did anything wrong it's not like anyone really outplayed or outmaneuvered each other it's mostly just like this what it came negotiation to. going yeah. a certain way because it's, it's like the it's like a not as extreme version of the Suri vote right uh-huh and it's just kind of like i don't want to see more of this <laughs> i don't want to see more of these like yeah it was fun to see this time but if, it would be really exhausting if every tribal was was like this right and again that's why i bring up taku because if taku goes to tribal and marion doesn't get her her idol activated uh-huh. in time then it's just going to happen again you're right yeah, there's you're, this really totally weird right. vote and whoever goes home will probably feel undeserved um because again the only way it plays out where it doesn't feel like quote-unquote undeserved is if you know omar or marianne math maths it out and sees their one line yeah and then goes for it 
I guess we'll just have to see, huh? Yeah, it's just like it. I don't want to keep <laughs> saying it. I don't want this to happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, certainly a lot to think about for this episode and going into next episode, especially. We'll have to kind of keep our eye on that. Um, should we start talking about some points? Yeah. So I want to start with the trade that we made perfect. at the end of episode one. Uh, you know, we made a very bold trade. Uh, between Jenny and Mariah uh, that I was feeling pretty burned in episode two (laughs) when Mariah went home. I felt like a gigabrain genius. I felt like I had made the greatest trade deal in history, dropping Mariah right before she gets voted out. I was on the top of the world. I became a Jenny stan instantly. And then Jenny gets voted out. And then she gets an extra point the next episode and goes home. Yeah, so ultimately, you know, the the difference here is three points that, that Fred has earned as a result of this trade, which is important. We will go over this a little bit later, but only three points which in the big picture is like literally nothing. But uh, really funny circumstance there, especially when we've had trades like Jeremy and Tony before, where it's like yeah. you know, somebody who like kind of hangs around and then just goes home versus... You know, the person who earns by far the most points in the season. Uh, funny stuff. Okay, so let's go ahead. I'm um, looking at our spreadsheet here. You can follow along if you want over at rngshow.com slash 42. Or you can click the link in the show notes. or on the episode 3 tab. Looking at our scores. Uh, last week, uh, Fred was down pretty low on points. It's my week to take a turn here. All the way down at six, a pretty poor showing for me, especially um, very not average for me to uh, do this poor. But I think it's interesting the way we've set up our different tribes with uh, the tribes that the contestants are on and how it's not fully balanced. And it creates these kind of fun situations where, um, you know, if Vati does really well, I do really well. And if. Uh, Taku does well, you do well. But basically, I'm a six points, you know, boohoo, whatever. At least I didn't lose uh, two people. Next week, wow. got... throwing shade already. <laughs> Next there's six points over here. Wow. TV up at 12 points. Uh, thanks to Drea and Lindsay in their challenge performance. And you can't forget Lydia, who got voted for but did not go home uh, out of however many people have been voted for uh it's the first time that's happened uh so it's a tv at 12 a little bit above me i guess twice as many points as i do then another step up we got soaring uh big pull of points here with uh Ika getting that second place immunity and with jonathan you know really should get all of <laughs> all of taku's points yeah should get an extra jonathan. like 20 points <laughs> <laughs> my god I, I will gladly accept points from Fred's team. <laughs> well, you can have points for Chanel, who, even though she walked away losing her vote and not with an advantage, she does get five points because she went to the Summit Island and she took the risk. Uh, that is the metric we are we are judging by with our current rule set. So soaring up at 19 points. Then a couple points up. We have Fred, who is our big earner for this episode on all accounts. Uh, 21 points total. Uh, we have Marianne and Omer uh, 
with a bunch of points from the challenge. We have Marianne, who finds that Beware Idol. We have Omer, who also does the Summit Island and takes the the risk, even if it didn't pay off. The big numbers there, we got a 10, a 1, a 10, an O. What a fun set. But also, because Marianne found the idol and because Jenny went home, Fred gets to chance die this episode. Yeah, I am now rolling in the chance die. Yeah, so Fred and I have four each and Sorry and TB have one each. So it'll be really interesting when we get to our redraft to see uh, how we utilize these things. And looking at our total episode points, we are in a pretty interesting spot because we are all within uh, five points of each other, essentially. This is yeah. probably the closest we've ever been at this point. This this After three episodes, this is the closest I could ever imagine it, really. It's so close. So we have Soaring, you know, of course, still in fourth with 50 points. And then we have me with 51 points. Then three points ahead uh, is Fred. You can see those Jenny points really at work there. right right (laughs) at 54 points and then actually we have tb here at 55 points so like this is really only at this point this is anybody's game uh obviously like right now fred is at a big disadvantage because he's missing two people i'm at a disadvantage because i'm missing one person but we're gonna do the redraft sooner than later so you know or take a couple points there it's anybody's game. For sure. And we are also stocked up on chance die. Yeah. You know, minus the one, presumably, Speak to keep yourself. a person. <laughs> yeah. So we I'm can you know, use those on points, or, we, you know, we can put ourselves in a better space in the redraft. All uh, right. Who knows? Also, I'll, I'll say this now. Next episode, uh, we have a fun little um, chance opportunity whoever gains the most points next episode is actually going to get an additional chance die. So I think right now the, let's see, I think, I don't even know if it's an option for uh, you or me, Fred, to do this because of the way we're set up compared to other people. I think you, I don't know. There there would have to be advantages in play for us to get anything, just because Sorry and TB just simply have more numbers. Um, in terms of a challenge win, TB is always going to get the same amount of points as me from challenges, plus more, because he has like extra episode points in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you are in a little more unique spot because you have the two people from Taku, and nobody else has that. But... Um, it would depend if it's like Taku and um, Invati, even then, like you'd still be competing against TB. So it'd be difficult for us. There would have to be some advantages in there, but I, I for foresee sure. TB or soaring, uh, you know, bringing home an extra and chance die next week. Please, please. <laughs> I only have one. So yeah. it'll be fun to kind of watch that and something to root for more than just like gaining points as usual. There's a there's a purpose to, uh, you know, getting out with the high score for the episode. Yeah. The only other thing I want to mention about points is that uh, you and I have very similar point distributions per episode where we have like 
solid 20s on two episodes and then the absolute lowest yeah. points pretty much possible with you know six and seven um <laughs> and then starting a tb have like much more consistent numbers across the board mm-hmm. um yeah, but it's just funny are, how all in the middle <laughs> yeah how we have such similar numbers total but similar numbers spreads and then also our tie with uh the trade Mm-hmm. And how that actually had an effect on our current standings. Yeah. So, interesting setup for points. Uh, definitely a lot to look forward to. Uh, now we can go over trades. If, you know, they come up. So, Soaring, you have the least amount of points. Uh, would you like to make any trade offers or swap with uh, waivers? Ah, <laughs> uh, you see... I. I don't know. I feel like, as it stands, Romeo is still the only real question mark I have on my team. Everybody else feels really solid, unless there's going to be, like, a Jonathan Koo uh, <laughs> next episode. <laughs> Frankly, I, I don't see happening right now. I also don't. Uh, really, Romeo is the only question mark in my portfolio You feel right pretty now. confident with Chanel still? I, I think Chanel's pretty strong i think chanel like, is probably in the worst spot on this tribe yeah i think chanel probably goes next there. if vati goes to tribal i think it's between her and mike really that's not that's not that's not a terrible point because really like it's in at this point it's in highs lydia's in daniel's interest to get rid of chanel's and by extension it's in mike's interest because it would mean he wouldn't be going home it would be interesting to see like a team up between Chanel and Mike with like High and Lydia to get rid of Daniel because they you know, oh we can't oh, trust him. I would imagine that Mike would be the bigger target, right? Because but that's the other thing. It, it, like if Daniel's read this fine print, uh he, he knows that he's gotta get uh Mike out now and he disables three idols for the game. Uh so, not until the no. merge. But also uh Mike well, also the now, first get put back, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, Oh, that's true. So now Mike is in a spot where like his best ally is gone, and Daniel is his next best ally, technically. Uh, so it could cause Mike to have to rely on Daniel, which is you know would be in his interests, at least in the short term. Also, Mike is probably not going to be necessarily as specifically against Daniel at this point as chanel is i think mike might be able to Mm -hmm. understand or at least get the process that caused daniel to vote out jenny compared to daniel who just very specifically like sabotaged chanel's game yeah very directly so if i was daniel i wouldn't leave someone like chanel who is certainly going to be trying to vote me out now Uh, i wouldn't leave her in the game yeah hmm the issue is, like, looking around, there's nobody I really want on my team as well. Yeah, I mean, you could min-max Ika, right? And just uh, you could all in go all in, and maybe they just, like, win the next couple of immunity challenges. Maybe they just get, you know, second place, and they just do good enough, uh, and they just kind of slide by. I don't know if, yeah, you know, even looking Ika, at my Ika people... getting second gives you uh, the same amount of points as anyone else, uh their primary tribe winning if you if you take 30 yeah looking at my people you know it's like one option you know we have is like 
Mike and Chanel, right, are kind of like both on bad terms. But from my perspective, I feel like Mike just probably is sticking around for a little bit or at least just has more point potential because of uh the but idol. if i offered that trade and you accepted it i would immediately know that this entire conversation we've been having has been gaslighting me <laughs> I, trade. I don't think that is something i necessarily have been trying to do at least i understand the strategy of that but i think at least like what i did with fred when we traded jenny and mariah is it wasn't because i had a master plan it's just because there are two people who are like relatively equal footing um but i don't know if i want chanel i don't just i like don't see any like upsides to chanel really because um the way she played in this episode with like the ship wheel and Mm -hmm. what happened at tribal i just feel like she's not looking good in the long term here both either as someone with social connections or as someone who just with like with game smarts. Really, yeah. I'm just trying to <laughs> influence you to take Roxroy because I think it'd be really funny for you to have almost entirely Ika. <laughs> That's my sole motivation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with your analysis here that Mike is probably the better keep. Um so I don't I don't think this is some <laughs> grand scheme to bait soaring here i i would agree i also agree that it'd be really funny if soaring just commits to ika and that's you know how he gets all his points yeah. <laughs> is making this big play and then ika going on a run and soaring just crushing us because i'm in a position where i don't want to get rid of either of my yeah people. it's like your your two people are like too valuable to, to make any moves with at this point yeah, and even just talking, thinking about, like, after this episode, I was thinking about, like, you know, winter vibes and stuff, and Omar's really the only one still that's giving me any kind of, like... like yeah, really traditional vibes feels. Y- yeah, because nobody on Vati feels like a winner, especially after this episode, right? And then we... Ika's just invisible. Uh, so I'm left looking at Taku, and it's just... Omar, really? So I'm chilling. <sighs> I, well, I, I hate trade conversations. <laughs> I mean, you could always uh, trade uh, Jonathan and Roxroy, too. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, 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 when I'm com- what I'm thinking now is, like, I really wish I had gotten a peek in on Blue Tribe this yeah. week. So, like, I knew where the politics Yeah, stand. we have no idea what has happened since the like weird alliance thing with like swathi and drea or swathi and tori went if if roxroy is still being super annoying around camp like you know any anything where who what's uh, what's up with romeo like is romeo tight with anybody is he just like chilling by himself out there (laughs) Mm -hmm. we don't know it's got nothing you gotta go by pure vibe sorry no this is I understand the risk associated with Chanel. Is this some sort of fallacy staying with what is familiar? This is the I, this is the <laughs> the one we had with Sunk Deshaun last season, right? Yeah. It's yeah, it's true. Okay, uh Tune, shut the hell up. <laughs> uh and, and I'm gonna talk to Fred because Fred is so much. Fred more doesn't have any players that he wants to lose. <laughs> <laughs> 
so, so what is but your analysis? It's Fred's, of Dune's Fred's team motivation right now? for you to get the least amount of points so he can win. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't care enough because <laughs> like again it's the Sounds same as like last a manipulation season. tactic to me oh my god <laughs> don't guess like me uh I, do you mean between like chanel and roxroy no i i i don't think roxroy has the legs so so you mean between chanel and mike I chanel and mike i i don't know how willing to be to trade high either Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if TB was here, because there's also some stuff I'd been thinking there, like, I don't know, Romeo for Drea. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, I think between Mike and Chanel, Mike is probably still the better keep. I think pretty much everything uh, Teen said is accurate, with like Mike's position in the tribe compared to Chanel. Um, the fact that he also has an advantage, which, like... It's yeah. just inherently more point potential. Um, I yeah. think that is more valuable uh, to have than Chanel. So it'd be a good trade for you, but you would probably have to negotiate something. And I think, I don't know if that part of it would be worth it. Yeah, that's another good point. Uh, just know that no matter what, uh, I'm going to rocks. <laughs> oh no he's done it he's made the play you have no other play what's that you're gonna trade mike for rocks roy <laughs> oh. uh-oh <laughs> you said no matter what you're going to rock <laughs> all right all right all right who you're what swapping are you trading rocks roy for <laughs> god that's funny i'd be open to a, a, a mike chanel trade i think i mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean, realistically, it is not a trade I'm interested in. It, I mean, you'd have to come up with some sort of uh, incentive for me to want to do that. At this point in the game, like, I'm down on challenge die, so I can't really bargain w- with them. And I'm down on points, so all I would be doing is gaining, <laughs> uh, uh, g- bleh, furthering my loss. Mm-hmm. We know I'm not very good at this game either. Yeah, I mean, so I think, I, I think don't trades think... are fun when it's, you know, like, you can throw in, like, a convoluted point siphon, whether it's, like, challenge points or advantage <laughs> points or, you know, right, if man. they do this in the future. Yeah. Um, I think it's fun, but I, I don't know. Maybe we can uh, revisit this in a week because there's just not enough information after this tribal council alone. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I think ultimately... Ultimately, if it was a one-to-one trade, then it's better for Soaring to get Mike, right? Yeah. But I think trying to yeah. give up points for that trade isn't worth it. I think that's too much. Wait. So I think you're fine. All right. Well, let's uh, get out of here then. What do you think? Sounds good. All right. So you've been listening to RNG Show. Uh, if you want to go check out any of our other episodes, those are all on rngshow.com. we got an anchor page. And you can scroll through all of our past episodes. Thanks to Zoe for editing this episode, as always. Uh, thanks to Subtact for these of our theme songs. Step up. Uh, spreadsheet, again, is at rngshow.com slash 42 or right in the show notes. And we'll be back here next week with either the same or a slightly different group of people to go over the episode. Maybe we might actually make some trades. We'll see. If I follow in Fred's footsteps and I lose another person, 
Uh, well, there's probably not going to be a lot of social game next week because there's a re separate reward and immunity challenge. Oh, today I learned. See y'all then. Bye bye. Bye.